Hello and welcome to Nickel Park, a couch-guided safari through the wilderness of life. I am your tour guide, François. And I am your tour guide, Joshua. And I am your tour guide, Baguette. Yes. If you hear uh, the wailing of a small child in the background, that is my son. <laughs> that sounded a little Russian. Yeah, that's all I was about to say. You, you, you sounded Russian. <laughs> Ian sounds Russian. Mm, yes. Uh, he's having a real time. Did I do did I do all the things for the intro? Yeah, I think we I think we did it. We can we can start the show now. Do you guys want to talk about a deadly animal? Yes, I always but first, do that. first, mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. I would like to bring to the court um uh a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. I would like to challenge our own rating. Of giving a mosquito a twenty on the X Factor. Whoa! Okay, I would like. I would like to. If we can't, we haven't. That's the first twenty we've handed out, and we handed it out in the hardest category. We just kind of did it, and I think what that does is it takes away any incentive, like to find the animal out there that really is like the most amazing human hunter, like. Mm. Like, it, like, I think we got to – I don't want to drop it a lot. I'm thinking, like, a 19. I just want there to be, like, something out there, the chance for something out there to be the 20 on the X Factor. Are we okay. – so are we reserving 20s for one singular animal in each category? That could be good. I kind of like, like that. Like the pinnacle of – Right. Okay, I like that, yeah. And then, and then we can do, like, a cool, like – avenger style lineup of all our 20s animals and it's like a blue Ooh. whale and a mosquito <laughs> <laughs> but not a mosquito right right not a mosquito because you don't think it's the 20 i d- just <sighs> well you just demoted it I, I i did i did we don't have to i just think that i think we should be i think we should be cautious handing out 20s i mean i get what you're saying because what if there's something out there that we haven't even thought of that's just mm-hmm. like has the the biggest surprise attack all right i'm okay with dropping mosquitoes. it to 19 under the condition that um when this podcast reads reaches final judgment uh if we have not found the 20 x factor we give it back to the mosquito okay i like that I like i'm okay that. with yeah. going back and awarding like our strongest competitors 20s mm-hmm. Like, okay. retroactively moving the blue whale to a 20 in, like, size. Mm-hmm. So, once we've done every animal that right. exists, and we know that nothing else beats a mosquito, we can come back. Right. Maybe okay. all we line up all the 19s. We do a little bracket challenge. Ooh. Ooh. See who deserves that 20. Maybe at the end of the year, we do kind of like a final bracket to figure out, like, top the top contender of the year yeah and then then we have like an elite an elite division right i like that and then when my study of ring-tailed lemurs proves that they can in fact use firearms like i hypothesized (laughs) they can go head to head against the mosquito for what gets the the Mm. x factor the top 20 x factor fair because could you imagine a scarier thing than a ring-tailed lemur with a handgun yeah could you imagine a more surprising thing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I not. I can imagine two ring-tailed lemurs. 
for those listeners who don't know what we're talking about, the go back and listen to the mosquito episode. Hey Ben, I don't know if you've paid attention to our Excel sheet that we've got here, but uh, off to the side we have an examples. We have an examples category. Mm-hmm. And do you know what the example for the highest X factor is on that I, chart that we've made? I think it. My heart wants it to be a stick bug, but I feel like it's a mosquito. <laughs> It is a mosquito, yeah, and that was made at the very beginning of this concept. Yeah, but we didn't know anything then. <laughs> That's true. Sure. I hadn't started my study on lemurs. And yeah, there is a 20 to your precious stick bug, so we're going to yeah, have to demote him. I was him. just about to bring it up that your stick bug Oh, is, is that for stealth? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, okay, well, we can drop that to a 19 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> But we got to round up. On to the newest contender. This week, we're taking a look at the, dare I say, infamous saltwater crocodile. Ooh, baby, a real-life dinosaur. So, strength, first off. I know that in terms of jaw strength, incredible. Right. Um, but only for closing. Yes, opening, not so much. Just a piece of duct tape will do. Yeah. Uh, let's see, a human can apply 100 pounds of pressure per square inch in their jaw, whereas a crocodile can apply up to 5,000 pounds of pressure mm. per square inch in their jaw. Pretty strong, pretty strong. Yep. Could probably right. crush some walnuts. Very fast swimmers, just powerful, powerful animals. Um, I feel like I want to put it fairly high. Um, I don't know if it's quite like, I don't know. I feel like it would be on par with I don't know, maybe like a tiger. Think in the water, in its element. Mm-hmm. It's like an 18. Right. For, for strength. Right. Not in the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe a 13. So maybe like mm-hmm. a 15 or a 16. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's still, it's still very strong not in the water. Right, right. Regardless of speed, because mm-hmm. that's a different thing. Strength-wise. Yeah. And, and what is a crocodile if not a scaly water tiger? Right. That's what they call them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Down under. All right. So we got a 15 there. All Easy. Right. Speed. Again, in the water, out of the water, two different factors. But I feel like their speed on land is still decent for 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 brief periods. Yeah. So I'm like seeing short here sprint. Uh, 15 to 18 in water speed. Okay. Um. It's pretty quick in the I'm, water. I'm searching yeah. uh, land speed. So land speed is no one knows. It's It could be anything. Well, I think that's because likely anyone who was trying to test it was killed and eaten. That's, Large crocodiles can run between 15 to 22 miles per hour. That's quick. Oh. That's, that's pretty quick. Faster than water. Oh, and then it and then it adds. In case you're wondering, the average human can run between ten and fifteen miles per hour. Yeah, no, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Um. So not as fast as like a tiger or a bear. No, not quite at all. I'm thinking like an eleven. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Although is it faster than a talking? Are talkings really that slow? Because we gave a talking a nine. It's probably faster than a talking. Okay. All right. Cool. That's. That's so speedy. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, the idea that I can't outrun a crocodile on land, I don't like that at all. You got to zigzag. Yeah, they don't bank well. 
I feel like you gotta wait till it gets up to you and then jump behind it. Mm-hmm. Like leap over its body and mm-hmm. then it just loses you. In the gaming community we call that kiting. Ah. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you move at angles that they can't achieve. Uh agility. Uh, Not I think too good. In the water, decent. But they're so big. They're so big and so long. And then once you get them on land. They don't, we just talked about how they don't bank well. Yeah, right. their turning radius is minimal. Right. They're they're like an F-350 in terms of turning radius. Right. They're kind of like Bowser. You know how Bowser in all Mario games, he's just big and strong and, and fast, but mm-hmm. just not very, you know, right. nimble. I'm thinking mostly Mario Kart. Mm. Right. It's like... They were like looking at an alligator when they made Bowser. Mm-hmm. And then they um, died. Crocodile. Sorry, we're talking about crocodiles here. I don't know why totally I was saying alligator. Uh, uh, like a six? On par yeah, with was, the giraffe? That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Because yeah. they got those short little, um, like, uh, what's that? What's the dog? Dachshund. Well, yeah, Dachshund. But what's the real stumpy one with the droopy ears? It starts with a B. Basset hound. They got those little basset hound legs. Mm, they do. Just not very nimble. Yeah, they got to do like a 35-point turn. Size has got to be pretty big. I mean, not... I'm thinking... I mean, bigger than a lion, bigger than a tiger. I'm mm-hmm. thinking bear. I'm thinking bear size, but in the water. I mean, they can be like 20-plus feet long. Yeah, 16 to 23 is what my book says. And oh the largest gosh. recorded... The largest recorded specimen on record is one ton. One ton? One ton. 2,000 pounds. Yeah, definitely. I would give it a 14. Ah, you think, how much does a bear weigh? Bigger than that, though. I think it's bigger than a bear. A bear can weigh a ton. I bet. Beats me. I did. I did. Uh, Bear was forever. Grizzly bear is clocking in at 600. Yeah. 600 pounds? Max, a yeah, brown bear no. I'm seeing is like 1,300. Yeah. So, so not even. Definitely the same. <laughs> <laughs> they said they said the biggest one was a ton. They're not all going to be up there. The biggest bear ever is probably close to that, so sure. Let's go Let's go 15. 15, right in the middle. 15. It'll be the first 15 we've I'll awarded. I'll take it. I'll take all right. it. I'll take 15. Jeez, that's insane. Stealth. Insane in the water. Insane in the water is what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, Pretty decent on land if you're not expecting it, and there's like a lot of logs. True, but it's, it's once again very situational uh, because right. you're not really going to miss a 20-foot, 2,000-pound lizard. Not <laughs> right. Especially um, if he's knocking on your door trying to get in your house. We could cut it in the middle... Yeah, I think we got to average. So they're like an 18 in the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they're like, I don't know, like a giraffe, like a 10 on land, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we gave a talk in a seven. That was mostly for the stink. And crocodiles might be stinky. I don't know. We gave a kangaroo a seven, too, which that feels really low to kangaroos. (laughs) Kangaroos aren't hiding from anybody, dude. I mean, not on purpose, but like they're just kind of brown in a brown country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they jump so high and immediately gives away their position. 
Yeah, the the contrast with the sky. When well, they but leave. that applies to like anything. If the tiger jumps, <laughs> you would be seen too. So sure. Yeah, but it doesn't jump. <laughs> Kangaroos <laughs> do jump. They just gotta jump. It's in their it's in their DNA. <laughs> it's like saying if a stick bug just like wiggled around sporadically, it wouldn't be stealthy. All I'm saying is they might have got a bad rap. Mm. We got them mm. on par with a stinky cow. I think they are, dude. They're, they they can't get down and crawl. Like kangaroos, their one mode of transportation is mm-hmm. leaping into the air. A tiger's going to get low and get all creepy on you. All right, so 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 uh, crocodiles are also low, so maybe a yes. 10, like a giraffe, like situational. A giraffe in the shade, in like the speckled shade of the African <laughs> safari is going to blend in. And uh, what is speckled shade? The speckled shade, you know, like filtered through the trees. You know, what I'm talking about. They're always okay. talking about it. David Attenborough is always saying, like, here in the speckled shade of the African safari. Um, <laughs> so maybe like, but 14 like a, seems low. I don't know. 14 does seem low, especially because like sneaking up is kind of one of the big things they do. Hey, well, an orca. We gave it huge numbers on in the water, but it got evened out by the land. So that's true, and that's where the humans are, and All that's right, what so matters. F- 14? Fourteen. Fourteen. Finally, the X factor. X-factor, this is what we yes. came for. Yes, yes, yes. Did um, you guys know that they can spit poison? <laughs> hmm. Did you know that? Nope. I made it up. <laughs> Um, all right, things to consider. Number one, the death roll. You all know about the death roll, right? That's a pretty known, pretty known fact about oh, cro- yeah, crocodilia. Yeah. Right. Um, once it gets you. Right. No, I think I think if it gets you, you're done, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Definitely in the water, probably on land, because it's not going to let go. And you're not going to move it. No. So... You're probably done either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, another factor, uh, they can live up to 80 years. That's pretty long. I'm pretty sure we gave something else on this list a slightly higher number because of its long life. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I think so. Like Anaconda, I... maybe? I can't remember. I don't know what lives long. I don't either. Um, you could also factor in like ancestral history, the fact mm. that it's been around since um, eternity. Right, right, all for all time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another thing, real tough to kill. You ever seen Gator Hunters or Gator Boys, have. whatever it's called? Yeah. There's like there's like a quarter size spot in their head that you have to shoot them, and if you don't shoot them there, tough luck. So imagine trying to do that while it's attacking you. But they can just take bullets in other spots and be chilling. Yeah, they can just take a twenty-two to the dome, and if it's not in that like quarter-sized spot, they're just like, yeah, whatever. So controversial. I was recently in Oxford, Mississippi, um, and there's a, a a guy we're working with down there who does go alligator hunting. Whoa. And and he he said it's like way different than on the shows. Mm-hmm. Like by the time you actually get an alligator in the boat, like they are tuckered out. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much just lay on them and then shoot them, 
and it's no biggie. Um, so bad he says, cardio. He says in the in the show, they like let them rest up, get them all riled up, just so that they act all crazy for the views. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then they have to do the Jordan. <laughs> that's what exactly. they do. That's what they say. Is it Jordan? They do. Uh, so not that high, really. I mean, I it's got to be high. I mean, standard yeah. killer. We yeah. gave like the bear, tiger, lion. We gave them all really low numbers because yeah. they don't right. they don't need an X factor to kill. Mm-hmm. They kill right. with all their other things that we've already touched on. Right. Uh, so like a like a four, four or five. I feel like a four is good. Okay. Yeah. And with that final number coming in, they are at a sixty-five, which it's not puts that great. Them uh, just below like an sixth. orca, just below a giraffe. <laughs> a giraffe. <laughs> I feel like our agility maybe was a little low. I think six is. I think six is maybe low. I think. I think because their land agility is not great, but their water right. agility is is better. Did we not average that? I think we because their water agility's got to be at least a ten, like or eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if their land agility is pretty bad. I, I feel like you can't argue with the numbers. If That's there's true. any argues, any numbers worth arguing, it's the original four that we <laughs> ranked. True. Plus the giraffe. Because somehow he got like a 10 in the X Factor. All right, but you got to think about the scenario. The scenario is this thing's trying to get into your house and kill you. And I feel like a giraffe is going to do that better than an ale- or a saltwater crocodile. It's true. It's true. All right. All right, All right, there you go. Do anything about it? Yeah, uh, don't be too scared of crocodiles. Not that bad. <laughs> if you add them up, two stick bugs, worse than a crocodile. <laughs> 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 and that's science for you. And on that note, I say we make some money. Alright folks, welcome to the ad booth. This week, we are sponsored by one of the biggest names in candy, it's Hershey. We're sponsored by Hershey this week. Nice. Okay, okay. Uh, A popular chocolate and candy. Do they make anything other than chocolate? I actually don't know. I feel like chocolate chocolate. is in everything they do. That's Mm -hmm. true, yeah. Um, big name and chocolate. They sponsored us this week. Um, and it's a weird kind of a sponsorship. So, uh, they actually came out with a new item, uh, specifically for Juneteenth, which has passed by now. It was uh, a week ago by the time this episode comes out. Um, but they didn't do a great job of advertising for it. So they're kind of retroactively going back just to make sure people know it's out there and not to be weirded out by the product itself. So, um, they came out with. Uh, well, specifically for Juneteenth, it's running from uh, June 19th to July 4th. Um, it's just called Equality Bars. Um, it's a fun little way they thought of kind of getting into the spirit of like freedom and equality that America celebrates. Um, and uh, they just wanted to just remind everybody that we're all human and we all bleed, you know, the same blood. 
Um, so it's kind of a weird concept. Um, we're not sure how we feel about it, but I appreciate the sentiment. They, uh, what they did is they took all their chocolate bars and they, um, just added some red dye to the inside so that when you start to eat them, um, they bleed a little with like Mm -hmm. red dye. Mm. It's tasteless. Um, so like a a medium rare chocolate bar kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Let's still a little pink inside. Um, and uh, just to remind everybody that no matter where you come from, where you go, what color your skin is, where you're from, I know that you all, everybody bleeds Cotton red. Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe bleeds red. Um, so this was off-putting, I think, for a lot of people uh, who didn't know, especially like they just saw something called Equality Bars and, you know, that sounds good. I'm all for equality and chocolate. Um and then their chocolate was bleeding. So so this is the reason behind it. If you were confused, uh, if you bought chocolate anytime between Juneteenth and now, um, this this may be kind of what you're experiencing. So cool idea. Yeah, it was a, it was a little weird. Uh, it was it stained. I don't know if you all had that effect or not, but it stained my mouth really bad. Oh. Like worse, worse than like an icy, like a cherry icy. It oh. was just my mouth was just blood red for like three days. Hmm. Um, also, Twizzlers. Hershey's makes Twizzlers. That's not chocolate. Oh. Uh, nor is Jolly Ranchers or Icebreakers. They Ooh. make Jolly Ranchers. Yup. Wow. Good for I them. didn't know that. I don't know if they did the same thing with Jolly Ranchers and Twizzlers, but um, yeah, yeah I did. I, hmm? Sorry, go, I was just saying Twizzlers might be weird if you put red juice and red Twizzlers. Yeah, it'd be kind of like a long gusher. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, that's a good idea. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I kind of want gushers. I, do you guys ever get a craving for gushers, and then you have them, and you're like, bah. like not? It's not quite like I remembered them. Yeah, a little yes. waxy, a little too waxy, a little too stuck in the teeth. Um, anyway, if if there was any confusion, hopefully this clears it up. They want to get the word out about their equality bars. Uh, go pick some up. It's kind of a fun experience. Um, they've got little, like, cool quotes from various uh, people uh, uh, from the last Civil century. leaders. Yeah. Uh, kind of scribbled all over the chocolates. Anyway, it's, it's a cool, cool concept. So thank you, Hershey's, for letting us uh, explain this. So, all right, so next we go home, as usual, and this week we are heading to the great state of Kentucky. Uh, not quite in the Louisville area, but a little little southern Kentucky area. Kentucky. Um, that's right. This week we are sponsored by Bill Boone's Tennis Club and Hunting Lodge. Um, so Bill Boone is the lesser-known brother of Daniel Boone, who I'm sure you've heard of. What you may not know is Bill Boone uh, was famous for his trapping of the rare uh, Tinnaswan ferret. So, for those of you who don't know about the Tinnaswan ferret, ferret, <clears throat> Tinnaswan ferret, excuse me, uh, they excused. are they are what is used uh, for making tennis balls back in the day. So, when tennis was first invented, it was of course an English sport. But what a lot of people don't know is that the fur. And the hide used on tennis balls was from Kentucky. It was from a rare ferret that grew this, like, very short, very tough green fur. And Bill Boone discovered them in the Appalachian Mountains and began trapping them and shipping them back to England. Um, And so his hunting lodge and now tennis club is still up and running. 
And uh, a lot of people don't know about it. And it's a really cool part of American history that a lot of people don't know about. And so they just wanted to, you know, wanted to use us to get the word out and talk about some of the cool things they're doing and uh, and try and get some, you know, some more uh, foot traffic their way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. So the uh, with the, the great tennis boon of uh, the 1970s, they, these uh, ferrets were actually starting to go. They got endangered a little bit, mm-hmm. so they had to kind of stop using them to make tennis balls. Uh, but since then, they have really rebounded, um, and so now they're back to, to making tennis balls the old-fashioned way. Um, so they want to make sure people know that they can still come by, see how it's done, um, the whole process. You can go walk the trap lines, um, watch the the skinning and the tanning and the um, and the inflating and the sewing. And uh, it's just a really cool process. It's great. It's family friendly, um, a real fun environment. There's, of course, people dressed up like Bill Boone um, in his little white it, shorts, which he was known for. Um, and, it, and his tennis wand ferret hat. Yeah. Yeah. His like neon green tennis hat. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool. It's a cool experience. Um, and just like most people just buy the, the, the um, you know, the mass manufactured ones. Yeah, that come out of the can. Um, so it's cool to to just see the process um, of making a real tennis ball, right? Yeah, and they're they are fully authentic. No um, synthetic material is used in the production of these of these balls. So you got the hide, of course, covering the outside with the fur, uh, and then the interior. Um, what most companies use rubber for, they actually use. Um, the ferret's stomach lining uh, mm-hmm. to to create that that bounce um, that we're all familiar with. It's and another neat thing you can um, while you're there, if you are a tennis player, as I'm sure most people who go here uh, go 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 there are, uh, you can play a game of tennis with a real tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Um, they have little exhibition yeah. matches you can play on the uh, the courts that Bill Boone himself played on. And I, a, a bit of a disclaimer for those who are maybe um, a little bit um, weaker stomached. Um, they do still um, put the ferrets out of their misery the old-fashioned way by uh, serving them in a game of tennis. Um, so they will toss one of these ferrets into the air, serve it to their opponent, and um, then it's off to the tanning hide for them. Mm-hmm. Well, it was just the fastest way to get them out of the trap. The traps, mm-hmm. like you've got a buddy with a wheelbarrow, right. and, our, and you and you've got a racket, and you're sixty, you know, yards out, and you're pulling them out of the traps and sort of just sending them back. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible to watch the hunters work. Like they just pluck it out of the trap, boom, pluck it, boom. Yep. All right. Well, that is Bill Boone's tennis. <clears throat> Bill Boone's Tennis Club and Hunting Lodge. You can check them out at bbthhl.com. Well, folks, welcome to the the conventional problem, unconventional solution segment of the podcast. Uh, today we have a listener submitted problem and it's a pretty unique one not one that we've personally dealt with but we're always happy to help anyone in need 
Um, so we got an email uh, last week from, we'll keep him anonymous, we'll call him uh, Ness. And Ness was out fishing one day in, in a lake, uh, a sea, you could say, and they were encountered by a sea serpent. You guys familiar with the yeah. concept? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. They're on um, the maps. Unfortunately, they had not listened to this episode as it had not come out yet. So they didn't know what to do when encountering a sea serpent, and they were killed. Uh, but they post-hummusly post, uh, um, sent us an email and asked how to deal with this. Uh, just so it doesn't happen to anyone else in the future. So that's mm. what we're going to tackle today. How to um, maybe defeat or at least escape slash deal with being attacked by a sea serpent. Well, so first of all, um, if you know anything about sea, sea serpents, like they're all throughout history. Like you got, you got Tiamat. That's like one of the oldest ones from the TMI? Mesopotamian area era you got leviathan like from the bible you got mm. cetus the echidna hydra scylla your mundor you know there's all kinds of them out there mm-hmm. um mm. so they, i mean they're basically like one like all over history so people used to put them on maps like the easiest thing would be to just not go where they are on the maps is what mm-hmm. i was thinking but that feels a little too conventional like maybe right. you have to maybe vacation is like pretty close and it's the fastest way is to go right. through where the sea serpent is on the map and you're like well maybe they won't see me, um, but they do of course because they're huge. Right. <clears throat> yeah. If you have to go through Tiamat, you, it's just you got to do what you got to do. So how are you going right. to defeat her? Well, in the in the scenario, so I'll I will I'll bring a book right out of Mes or I'll bring. A solution straight out of ancient Mesopotamia. Um, you're wanna you're gonna wanna get a chariot of wind. You're gonna wanna gather all four corners of the wind, north, south, east, and west, gather them into a chariot and ride into the mouth of the sea serpent. At which point the winds will expand the gullet of the sea serpent, exposing their heart, and then you just gotta throw a little I don't know, maybe like a whale, a whale spear or just like a big old javelin or something just right mm-hmm. into the belly of the beast. And, uh, and there you go. Send you on your way. Um, you could go all Noah on it and just kind of jump inside. Yeah, you could, you could go Jonah too and do his, the way he did it. No, but he got spit out. Mm. Oh, that's true. I like the way Noah did it. Um, Mm-hmm. In Genesis 2, where he saved... Because you remember how he saved everybody from the um, the flood, which, of course, mm-hmm. the sea serpents were all about. Right. Like, more water. Finally, they can breathe a little bit. Um, And so, when the water kind of started to go down, they were just everywhere. Man, they got all up in all the oceans and the seas. And Noah had a... I mean, it was like just, it was like just Noah and his family... And uh, mm-hmm. he had to kill like seven of them. So, and he would just, um, at least from the Bible story, he would put on um, like a suit of knives and just kind of chuck himself in 
mm-hmm. and spin around a lot. And uh, <laughs> boy, he would tear him up on the inside. Spin around a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like the human form of IBS to these bad boys. <laughs> He's like a granola bar. Yeah. Shooting down the sea serpent. <laughs> Josh, how do you eat granola bars? I'm so concerned. You know those Nature Valley ones. Yeah, the Nature Valley. Are you, you just eating kinda... them whole? Uh-huh. Yeah, the second you break one, they disintegrate into dust. So the That's only right. way to consume them is whole. Mm-hmm. Well, how do, how, how do you kill a regular snake? Shovel. Shovel. We're from Kentucky. <laughs> you kill them with a shovel. Right. So if you're going into the oceans, just take a big old sea shovel with you for the sea serpent. Mm-hmm. Maybe sea like a, uh, a a snow plow. Ooh. That that's no. kind of a big shovel, like yeah. a boat, a boat, a boat snowplow, or like a sharp oar. Okay, because boats got oars, right? Gotta have them. How how else are you gonna propel yourself? That's right. If there's no wind, how are you gonna go forward? Man, Indeed. I'll tell you what. That one time, uh, Eden and I went on a cruise for our honeymoon, and we did run out of wind, and they made us row for like three hours. That was not a highlight of of my cruise personally. I'm sure. Well, yeah, the the oars. Um, how long were those oars to reach like the water? Three hundred feet or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be heavy. Has anyone ever asked a sea serpent like what they want? Okay. I feel uh, like people. Not... I can get a bad rap, right? Like people always are just talking about how they're crushing ships and swallowing dudes whole. But no one has ever said like I I asked them why they why they were crushing my ship and why they were eating my sailors whole. Like maybe they maybe they just need something that we can provide for them. Right. Maybe they have like a itch on their tail that they can't reach and the only way to get it is like a boat. It's to eat people whole. Well yeah. That's just incidental to the scratching. Right. right, they're scratching their itch on the boat, and then they're like, oh no, I knocked over these guys. Maybe, like Jonah, they can survive in my stomach. Mm-hmm. I'll save them. Uh, I killed them again. Oh yeah. well. Um, Maybe they're trying to mate with the boat. Have we ever thought about that? I'll, I, I'll be honest, I haven't. I I also hadn't, but it would make sense because there, there can't be too many sea serpents right. out there. It's got to right. be a lonely life. Maybe the solution is find a nice lady serpent to keep this the big scary mean serpent company so he leaves your boat stops trying to get frisky with your ship now that's good i hadn't thought about getting a bodyguard um maybe you just get a bigger sea serpent Mm. Mm. maybe 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 you take a boat out with like a bunch of sheep or pigs um and maybe just one pig will do yeah, one big pig, and you uh, go out like on a little barge, and on the bottom of the barge you've written, um, want to hire, uh, please come talk, have food. And mm. the sea serpent's like, can't resist that, comes up, enjoys a pig snack, you all discuss the terms of your agreement, and it involves pigs um, in exchange for protection from other sea serpents. Bring a like lawyer, that. for sure. Oh, yeah. 
because um, they I heard they like lawyers a lot more even than pigs. Although that's tough though, because because the sea is neutral territory. So how like where do you conduct this business legally? Um, I think I think anywhere. Uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, all things on the sea are legal to do since they're neutral. They're not governed by laws. You could feed a sea serpent a lawyer that you brought. And that's legal. That's fine, yeah. Sharp boat. Shark boat? Sharp. Sorry, sharp boat. Sharp, sharp boat. boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sharp boat is good. Yeah. You just kind of make the bottom of the boat kind of like an axe blade. You know, like running... I mean, it's basically axe-shaped anyway. Yeah, just sharpen that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a skate, like an ice skate through water. Yeah, it'd probably make you go faster, too, anyway. True. Then you could go on the ice. Um, submarine. Just take a submarine, paint mm-hmm. that submarine to look like a sea serpent. They are not going to mess with you. They might try and get frisky with you. They might try and get frisky, but that's okay, because they build submarines to take that kind of action. They do. <laughs> that's part of the design process. Yeah, it's a common occurrence down there, so that from day one, they've been designing them with the proper tools to deal with such right. assaults. It usually involves just like a speaker that says like, not right now, I have a headache in serpent language or like, uh, I can't, can't, can't talk. Sorry. Gotta go. Or, mm-hmm. um, no, I'll call, I'll call you, uh, I'll come over to your place later and other mm-hmm. excuses. So you could, they're basically big, long tubes, right? Like they're big, long tubes. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you got like a like a like a vac like a big vacuum, you could sort of snag their tail and just kind of mm-hmm. suck those bag boys up hmm. under your boat. Uh huh. They don't have arms; like they're not going to get caught right. on the sides or anything. They're not going to be able to resist. If you get enough of that tail, you got enough suction. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a serpent in a tube. A big ship vacuum. Big ship vacuum. That's how they should fish. Just put a big, a big tube on the bottom of your ship, and then yeah. it just sucks water with a little filter at the end, mm-hmm. so any fish get caught in it, but the water goes out. That's a great idea. That's that neat. seems That's... like a good idea, like actually, right? <laughs> um, what? Okay, going on uh, suction. What if you uh, depleted the water? that it lives in um okay. and trans and then you know in a humanitarian effort transported that water to places that need it mm. um and now the sea serpent is dry and it only has two options and that is to die or become a land serpent <laughs> a dragon a dragon yeah it it can only at that point sprout wings or accept uh defeat that seems pretty good. Um, you're not. You're gonna want to be careful with that. All that water, though, if it's salt water, because if you dump all that salt water on like an already dry, arid place, it's not gonna help. Mm. Okay, right. so you need a salt filter. Mm-hmm. So I got a salt filter. Yeah. You put a lot of unflavored potato chips in the middle that mm-hmm. absorb the salts. Mm-hmm. And now, and now you've got like a four for one deal. You, you've gotten rid of your sea serpent. 
you're getting chips. You got sea salt chips. And and you're supplying water to areas that need it. Um, Seems pretty good. Yeah, it does seem pretty good. What if you just make your ship out of asbestos and then when the sea serpent attacks, maybe he gets you, but in the long run, you got him. Right, right. He's for sure got cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, or definitely a lung. Some sums up with his lungs, right? At least, maybe you offer him drugs, and he's like, "Oh, dang, this is better than eating ships." Boy, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. my life now. Talk, talk about the high seas. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> you gotta good. leave fast though, because if he gets the munchies, mm. he's he's taking everybody out on the yeah, ocean. Yeah, for sure, getting munched. Maybe you should just carry a big, long, rusty spear. You stab him, give him tetanus. tetanus. A tetanus spear. Mm-hmm. Seems good for daily life. Hey, I don't want to talk to you. Better watch out. I've got my tetanus spear. <laughs> um, what if you just do a fast boat? Like a real fast boat and they can't catch you? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. What if... Okay, so what if... So we've been using the water for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. About. What if we... What if we used the sky? What if we made a sky boat? What if you made a boat that could go in the sky? Interesting. Because there's no air serpents. No. No sky serpents. There are dragons. Um, but, but they're way up there. Yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. secluded. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're pretty rare at this point. I think a lot of uh, brave knights slain a lot of them back in the day. Right. George. George 2, George 3. Um, yeah, so what if we just made flying boats? Air boats, yeah. I like that. Okay. All I can think about is Guitar Hero. Um, so if anyone gets that reference, you're welcome. Nope. That is all I have to say for that. All right. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's a pretty good... I feel like that's a, there's a lot to work there. Well, a lot of work... <clears throat> a lot to work with there. I agree. Well, right. folks, thanks for joining us on this here episode uh, if you liked what you heard, please tell your friends about it. Encourage them to have a listen. And if if you didn't like it, lie to them. And and also come back and listen to the next one, because you probably will. Nope. Wait. Hold on. You're guaranteed to like the next one. Ooh. Nice. And that's a guarantee. We'll bring in some hot stuff next time. Thanks to Sons of Circus for the use of our intro song. Thanks to Jake Byron for the use of our ad song. If you want to contact us, you can email us at nickelpark at gmail.com. I don't know that. Nickelpark tours. Oh, no. So close. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can email us at nickelparktours at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at nickel underscore parks underscore podcast. Till next time. Podcast Park 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 Singular Mm -hmm. Park Yeah you got it It's close enough They'll find it Yeah Until next time I'm Ben I'm I'm Joshua And he's Joshua (laughs) (laughs) Real rip roar of an episode
emotion can you show me how you put it all in motion show me some loving and show me emotion can you show me how you put it all in motion yeah